You're listening to The Grit Splits, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. All right, all right. The Atlanta Falcons lose 17-31 to to the Saints on Thursday night, Thanksgiving holiday edition. After you eat your turkey, mashed potatoes, which, by the way, I had, I had some terrible mashed potatoes on Thursday night. We have an uncle, Connor and I, uh, who uh, makes uh, interesting foods. And he decided to make mashed potatoes with wasabi in the mashed potatoes. And so, if you know me a little bit, I'm a big fan of mashed potatoes. I love taking turkey. I take it with my hands and I dip it, like a dipping sauce, like salsa into the mashed potatoes, and then I eat the mashed potatoes. I don't even use a spoon for the mashed potatoes. I'm just scooping it on my turkey, and that's how I eat mashed potatoes. But this Thanksgiving, my uncle decided to create mashed potatoes with wasabi in it. It was the most bizarre, I don't even know if it was gross necessarily. It was just, I was like, I put it in my mouth, I ate it, and I was like, what the? And I, I couldn't believe it. I looked over at my sister, and we went over there, and I took my plate, I did one of these. I, I took the plate, and I was like, I'm gonna pretend like I'm getting more food. Took the plate, ran over to the trash can where no one was looking, and I just scraped the mashed potatoes right up. I looked at my sister who was in the kitchen, and went, what the? Like mouthed it to her and everything, and, and she was laughing. And then I ended up putting more food on, so when I got yeah. back to the table, people were like, man, he must have loved those mashed potatoes. He ate them real fast, but he got some more food, got some more turkey, got some more lima beans, he got some more, uh, he got some more stuffing. Wow. And, and played one of those smooth. I, I was proud of myself. I thought it was pretty Mikey smooth. just devoted the first two minutes of our show to his mashed potatoes. <laughs> so I will not bore you <laughs> with. There's nothing else to talk with about. stories about my Thanksgiving. Um, I was out of town last week in New York City with the in-laws, um, and it was very cold. Second coldest Thanksgiving in New York City history. 23 degrees outside with wind chill. Felt like nine degrees. It was my first time to the city, and I remember why I live in Florida. So, super cold, so, but super thanks, fun. Thanksgiving for Falcons fans this year was realizing that there's more to life than football. There's more to life than watching the Falcons play football. There's family, there's friends. When you can't be thankful for your football team. Basketball rather. season starting. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things to be thankful for. Okay, a lot of things to be thankful for. Uh, but not Atlanta Falcons Vince Carter football. on the Atlanta Hawks scoring 12,000 points. Yeah. But yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, listen. Obviously, the season's not going how we planned or wanted it to go. Even in our first early episodes, we were talking about how this team could potentially be a playoff team. Even in, I remember talking after we lose to the Saints. Well, we lose to the Eagles, uh, and then I think we get the Panthers and we lose to the Saints. And I remember us talking and being like, this team is probably not going to win the division, but this team can definitely be a wild card team. And and we thought that if they were going to win the division, a lot of things needed to happen. But we were injury riddled. Uh, a lot of our guys got hurt, especially on defense. I think the big question that you're wanting to ask yourselves, and you are rightfully be frustrated with, frustrated with, is it? In these last few games, the defense in the first half has been playing significantly better. 
and, and they've been playing better. I mean, their tackling's still poor. Their coverage can still be poor. But that's to expect when the middle of your defense, you got Deion Jones, you got Keanu Neal, you've got yeah. injuries on the defensive line. When the middle of your defense is banged up, you're going to expect teams to score points. But in this half, it's 10-3 to 3 at halftime against the Saints. 10-3 to 3 football game against the Saints, one of the most prolific offenses right now in the NFL. Obviously, last night, they, they looked terrible against the Dallas Cowboys. But all that to say, Drew Brees only threw through 171 yards. He did have four touchdowns to random wide receivers, <laughs> to nobody named Michael Thomas. Of course, for fantasy people who have Michael Thomas, your, your heart breaks. He had 171 yards passing, though, one interception. In comparison, Matt Ryan throws for 377 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I think the important stat line you see is, is obviously touchdowns are more important than yards. You got Drew Brees with four. You got Matt Ryan with two. This has always kind of been a problem with us is scoring in the red zone, getting points in the red zone. Um, as a football team, but Matt Ryan has a pretty—I mean, he has a he's, decent day. Is it good he enough? He has seventy-five percent completion percentage, which in any, in any on any team that is stellar. So for you to come out throw for as many yards as you did with seventy-five percent completion percentage, but only have really two touchdowns, and your team only score seventeen points, I feel like it's pretty—it's uh, just pretty interesting overall as a team to consider. Yeah, and, and of course, the halftime comes. We come out in the third quarter uh, pretty slow. We do get seven points, so it's, you know, they get another seven points, so it's 17 to 10. Then the game kind of begins to kind of unravel. Um, sorry, it's 24 to 10. You know, it's 24. It's just a bad game all around. It's, we're at 24 to 10. Defense starts falling apart. I mean, this defense is doing the best they can. And this is yeah. where we are actually doing a good job coaching on defenses. You're seeing players develop, yeah. like a KZ develop, like an Oliver develop. You're seeing a linebacker, one of our linebackers, um, I can't even I have a hard time pronouncing his Alukun. name. Yeah, Alukun. Developing. These guys are developing. Now, they're not Deion Jones. They're not that level. They're not this incredible you know, Pro Bowl level yet or Keanu Neal level, or Ricardo Allen level, but Casey's getting there. Uh, he's on the Pro Bowl ballot. Yeah, and he's worth considering because he, he's playing really, really good football. He leads the NFL in interceptions with six. He got one to against Drew Brees. I mean, and, and, and it would a have been a big awesome. deal for a man who doesn't throw interceptions. Too, so. <laughs> Not many at all. So you have a defense that is seems to have a lot of grit and a lot of grind to it, but then in these past few weeks, we've seen our offense kind of revert back to the 2017 Falcons offense, yeah. which I kind of think the idea is the film's out. Sarkeesian and what we were doing, teams have seen it the, enough film at the halfway point throughout the league, and I think this is where our offense started to tail off. I think they've seen the film, they figured it out. We can't run the football, so they've stopped us from running the football. We had 16 rushing attempts for 26 yards. Two of those were by Matt Ryan for 16 yards. Matt Ryan uh, led. Our team in rushing was 16 yards, which how rare is that for our quarterback to be our rushing leader? In comparison, the Saints are at 150 yards rushing on 31 carries. Obviously, we're losing the football game, so you're going to get away from the run. But still, teams have kind of figured out that our offense, we don't run the football well. Yeah. This is where the questions come in. Is it our offensive line or is it our running back tandem? I think it's a little bit of both. you got bad blocking on the offensive line. On occasions, I think also you have... Poor running by Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith. I mean, Tevin Coleman is often tackled at first man to contacts. Similar with Ido. You got guys 
not making plays with their legs. Yeah. And I don't know if those guys have the ability to ever become that. I, I think Ito's a, a young guy that we can eventually develop. But is Tevin Coleman, is he really here's, what we think he Here's is? the thing. Tevin Coleman got best case scenario. In the final year of your contract, you get an opportunity to start the almost the entire season. How incredible is that? You have an opportunity to earn another contract, a contract extension with a team you've been a part of for quite some time. And quite frankly, I know there's some haters on Facebook who really hate Devontae Freeman for being injured. Whatever, you can't help that. But I, I heard people saying, let's trade Freeman, keep Coleman. I hope all those haters keep realizing the man averaged 0.8 yards a carry this past week. And he hasn't stepped up. He hasn't proven. He hasn't demanded the ball, um, which is something that we really need to do as a team, as an offense. We talked about it early in the, se- early in the season. We can win games. We have a chance of winning a wildcard spot if we score over 30 points. This past week versus the Saints was the first time since we played the Steelers that we've allowed over 30 points, all right? And it was only 31 points. Um, So we've had opportunities. Our defense has done an okay job, like Mikey keeps saying, to shut down teams to give our offense. Our offense, who if you look at the roster, is quite frankly stacked. You have Matt Ryan, who's leading the league in in passing yards. You have Julio Jones, who's leading the the league in uh, reception yards. So we have guys who are, who are doing their job. By all means, they're having incredible seasons. Yet, we're 4-7. and seven. I think a lot of this, like Mikey is saying, is, is teams have just realized we're not running the football. So we've only committed to Matt Ryan airing the ball out 47 times, almost 50 times a game. We're committed to Julio Jones, which I love. Which I don't mind us committing to throwing the football. Let's just stop running the football. Like if we can't run the football, let's just quit like, this whole give 16 if you don't run, away. If you don't run the football... But we can't. That's the thing. Teams know that we can't. Well, you need to be – Sarkeesian needs to do a better job at being creative. You need to do creative things. If you can't – if your offensive line can't run block, we're doing a fine job pass blocking as Matt Ryan is leading the league. Okay? But what we need to do is be, have creative ways to keep linebackers and defensive line – hold them accountable. All right? If you're not going to run the football, they're going straight up field every time. All right? I love draw plays. Maybe throw in a draw just to keep them – you just have to do it in football to keep them honest. Okay? Run the football to slow down the game, slow down the defense, and just keep them honest. But like Mikey said, if we're not going to run the football, or if we just want to commit to not doing it, let's run some more screen plays. Let's run some more screen plays. Let's, run, let's be more creative with getting – I mean, Tevin Coleman is a great athlete, and he's shown flashes of being a potential running back one for a team, You know, being a guy who can earn just like he did with us, but potentially even going to a team who needs a running back and being their guy. Um, I, I think about maybe Oakland or something. I'm not sure, but – well, you got three games where the offense has clearly failed. Three games against the Cowboys, against the Browns, and against the Saints, the offense has completely failed the team. And the offense is not unhealthy. The only real significant health issues is that running back with Devontae Freeman. And we got a few guys coming in on the line, on the offensive line, and that's a big deal. That matters. But at the core, you still have Julio. You still have Ridley. You still have Sanu. By all means, you've you gotten have better. Matt Ryan. You had Coleman. You have you know. You got enough pieces, yeah. talent-wise, to be producing way more points than what you're producing. Seventeen points against the Saints. We've I've been talking about this a lot. We cannot win football if you if we do not hit the thirty-eight mark. Do not mm-hmm. believe that we're going to win a football game because. Our defense is obviously banged up and hurt, significantly hurt. But they and I feel better. like as a team, we haven't done a good job at, at putting the elements together, realizing how we need to win football games. 
And I yeah. feel like the goal has been chew clock, slow the game down. <laughs> or not chew. It's the play calling. It's strange. Some of the, we, we, I'm not blaming a ton of the play calling on Sarkeesian or anything like that. But we do have to admit that the 2017-2018 Falcons offenses under the Sarkeesian era have been significantly worse than 16-15. I mean, significantly worse in production and efficiency and the ability yeah. to score points. We've, we've talked about it before, too. It turns out, if we won any chance of winning a game, we've talked about this, Matt Ryan has to be perfect. He has to make incredible throws. It's not enough just to have all the yards. He's got to throw those touchdown passes. We're, we're, we're not being efficient in the red zone. He's got to throw touchdown passes you know, from 30, 40 yards out. We've got to get those big plays because it's not coming from our running backs. Julio Jones has been incredible. But, we, I mean, I don't know. I don't think this is on Sarkeesian or anything, but it just, it just seems like at this point, it just isn't going to ha- – nothing's going to happen. I think well, we're going to win games still, but it just seems yeah. – Well, it's annoying because you have a football team that could have done some stuff in the free agency, had the cap space, had the ability – Look at the Cowboys. the ability to maneuver some players around to maybe give us the edge. I know we got Urban, uh, Urban um, and I know that we, we made a, some sort of move, but you could have done a few more things to beef up your defense, to beef up your team – and free agency at the trade deadline and maybe get rid of some, I don't know, some guys that we're paying probably too much money to. Desmond Trufant. <laughs> that, That's our number one. You know, we could trade around. We're Desmond Trufant haters here. <laughs> and, and we can get into a position where, you know, Eli Apple is available. A bunch of guys who are available at the cornerback position to come in that are a lot better cover corners than any of our guys that we have. That could have contributed and maybe resulted yeah. in some football wins for us. It's but a, really, the only we haven't been in a competitive game. We're I know we love this is not against Coach Quinn or anything. We love the culture of Atlanta. It's a safe place to be. It really is family. They call it brotherhood. It is brotherhood. At the same time, brotherhood is nice and fun. I kind of just want to see our front office and people be more aggressive. Obviously, the trade deadline is passed. I hope this off season though. Um, that's kind of where my eyes are headed at this point. Is this off season? Me and Mikey were driving uh, today on our road trip, and we were. <laughs> We were talking about how we kind of hope we tank. That way we get, we get up there with Oakland and Arizona for, for, for a decent pick. Um, but that's, uh, that, that is kind of where our, our eyes are headed is looking uh, to the spring uh, post-January and February. But um, I hope we do do something a little bit more aggressive. These guys, Robert Alford and Desmond Trufant, I, I don't know if we can you know, shake some guys and into, into, into making some trades and get rid of them, get them off the ball. They just, they've just been underwhelming. Um, they've been completely underwhelming. I mean, we have, I mean, Michael Thomas is an incredible wide receiver, but they just, I was just w- listening to the radio and they were talking about how bad the Saints are because they don't have a number two wide receiver. Um, and they need somebody like that. And it's upsetting when Michael Thomas gets shut down, but then our other corners, Robert Alford or True Font, who's matched up on uh, who, whoever these nobodies are on New Orleans, those guys balled out. They caught all the touchdowns versus us. It's just, it's just really upsetting to see these guys underperforming versus guys who they should dominate. Um, underperforming versus guys who shouldn't be – they should shut him down. It should have to be Michael Thomas. We yeah. did not force Drew Brees to throw the ball. He didn't have to force the ball anywhere. He just spread it around the field. And I, I think we all knew that we were going to lose this football game against the Saints. I think the problem is, is the way you lose the football game, it's not competitive. One, you, 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 know, you want to be able to watch your team and enjoy what you're seeing – yeah. on the screen and we're not enjoying what we're seeing especially in the last three weeks 
you have two games against the Browns and the Saints where you're not competitive in the football game. You're not playing competitive, solid football. You're not being what I don't know, being pros. You're not playing like at a pro level. As you got to have team. some pride at some point. There's got to be something at some point where you guys are like, everyone keeps talking about how injured and banged up you are, but I feel like there's got to be a point. There's got to be something where you sit down and look at yourself in the mirror, you look at yourself as a team, and you say, let's prove them wrong. Let's get out there. Like, let's be better. Let's be the best. Um, I kind of feel like our, some guys don't have that desire, I think, especially on defense, and um, don't have the desire just to be the best, maybe even our backfield some. Like I said, Tevin Coleman's had a great opportunity, and I feel like he's just squandering it. So Yeah, I think the, op- the, the area that we need to get help is on the defensive line. You've got to be able to get pressure to QBs. You got to also be able to make plays to stop the run up the middle, and and we're just not able to do that consistently. So I would love to see us in the draft be looking for uh, a guy like Ed Oliver from Houston. Uh, this guy is a freak. He is probably uh, an Eric Donald McDonald Sue level kind of player. Like this is a dude that this guy's legit. And, and we, if the season kind of ends up, we'd be in the top ten. Most likely in the top ten pick, have an opportunity unless we yeah. unless we do win all our games and finish the season off nine or seven. But if we don't, we're going to be right there, have an opportunity to get our defensive line in the right position. But also, you know, at the same time, like this team has been terrible at tackling, and that is coaching. You got to teach your players how to tackle consistently each week in and week out. We've been saying the tackling's been bad, the tackling's been bad. It's still really bad. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's – yeah, I mean, <laughs> as much as we love Coach Quinn and everything, it is coaching. It's got – at some point, I mean, <laughs> people are just not – they're just not it's – it's actually very embarrassing. It does look like some Big 12 college football team out there. Guys are making highlight plays running through us, Baker Mayfield. Um, and all these guys are having their highlights game – their best games of their career versus us. Um, it, is, it is pretty darn embarrassing. Yeah. So it's frustrating and it's annoying. And a lot of people are saying, "We, how much time does Quinn have?" You really, this is not an issue of whether or not we're going. Coach yeah. Quinn will be here next year. He'll be here probably the year after next year, unless we see some terrible ne- football. Next year is the year. Next year is the year where you have no excuses. You have a Calvin Ridley, Devonta Freeman will be healthy. You have Julio Jones, Muhammad. Sinai. You have these guys. You might not have Tevin Coleman, but Ida Smith has proven to be almost as good as Tevin Coleman, so that's not a huge downgrade. You know, so on offense, you have no excuses next year. On defense, everyone's returning healthy. You can't question Coach Quinn. We'll see next year. If we're in the same position next year, then I think, I mean, with no injuries and we're just a healthy team and we're playing terrible, yeah, I think that's a head coach thing. But next year we have no excuse. So it's it's pretty crazy to think week 11, week 12 right now we're talking about the 2019 season. There's no reason to be calling for – Coach Quinn, no. Everyone, this is teams have these seasons where you catch the injury bug. It happens. It hap- It just happened to the Falcons. We caught the injury bug. We didn't. Some teams healthy. don't catch it. In 2016, when we went yeah. on an incredible run, we were very healthy, and we were and we got super healthy at the right time in the playoffs, and we were able to make an awesome run to the Super Bowl. You know, the other question that you can be wondering too is: is this is this place still suffering? Maybe they're not talking about it or it's not like something, but is this a product of losing twenty, losing a twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl? 
can these guys ever truly bond? I mean, we've watched in Seattle when Marshawn Lynch didn't get the one-yard dive call, but Russell Wilson threw the ball, and they threw it, and it gets picked, and the Patriots win. You see it kind of here, you know, in Seattle has kind of been in shambles since and been spinning around and been in mediocrity. They've changed their identity. Since that moment. Uh, That was a turning point for that franchise and that program, that dynasty that was kind of starting to get turning. With the Falcons blowing a 28-3 lead with this coaching staff, with these players, is there something in their minds that they can't quite ever look past or get past? And they might not be able to name it. They might not be able to say it. I'm sure none of them would ever say that. But does that change you as a man? Does that change you as a player? I'm sure it has some sort of effect on you as a player and on you as a team. It could be good or it could be bad. And right now, it looks like we're in a, we've been spinning in mediocrity. Last year actually wasn't that bad of a season. You beat the LA Rams. You advanced to an opportunity to play the Eagles, to have a chance at the NFC Championship game. It looks like you're going to beat the Eagles. You're on their line with the best wide receiver in the world. And it goes right through his hands. You catch that, you're playing the NFC Championship game. So you're a play away from the next year being an NFC Championship game. But maybe even that play, and maybe even the 28-3 yeah. blows, do those compound and result in a team? I, I like, think Julio, I think we're still recovering. <laughs> right. It's like a trauma. We're still recovering. I mean, these guys... I mean, those are deep wounds. Those yeah, these guys are still, they're still counseling with each other and walking through this. I think Julio Jones is just getting over the Super Bowl loss. I think he had a crazy season last season where he led the team in drops. <laughs> he's, uh, he's actually starting to get his he, – he, he seems to be getting his act together as of late as he's had, I think it is, six consecutive 100-yard games, um, which for those of you who heard about Adam Thielen almost breaking or tying Calvin Johnson's record um, of nine games, uh, Julio might be able to do it this year. So watch out, breaking records. But um, I think he's getting over that, that, that slump. I think Julio's gotten over that slump. I think he's ready. I think Matt Ryan – Last year had a slumpy season after after the Super Bowl. I think he's getting over that slump. I think it really is just a matter of we've got to put the pieces together. We've caught the bug, the injury bug, and it's just really hard for teams to be able to do that. I mean, and, and it's not just like, oh, we had one key injury. Like I think about the Patriots with Gronkowski. Out of everything the Patriots proved, they didn't need Gronkowski. But what we have proved is we are a defensive team, and our defense fuels our offense and fuels our team. And uh, like they say, defense wins championships. So you may have the leading pass, you may have the re- leading passer and the leading receiver in the league, but we're still losing games. So well, and, and the good news is, is you get Deion Jones back to play the Ravens, a Ravens team that is actually uh, is in a position. They're still playing for something. We are sort of too, but not really. ESPN is generous to toss us in the in the hunt category. Know, they <laughs> might be trying to keep us engaged. But you have a Ravens team coming in with Lamar Jackson, who is Michael Vick-like. Uh, Faster. And is and can really, really sling the football. Here's the question. Is, is, and this is, a, this is the week you need Deion Jones to come back because you need someone to be able to chase down a Lamar breaking the pocket. I think Lamar is going to want to run first and throw second. I think that can play into our favor because our corners are terrible at covering. Well, and I don't, and Jackson hasn't been incredibly accurate either as a football player either like even in his college football career. Here's the thing his too: accuracy hasn't is Vic, been. I'm excited this week. I think Vic Beasley has to have a big game. Vic Beasley loves, loves, loves 
when a quarterback gets disrupted and comes out of the pocket because he gets to chase and he gets to play ball. He gets to play some backyard ball. And that's what he loves. That's what he's really succeeding in. Um, I think it was versus the Cowboys. He had two sacks because he did that. Dak Prescott wanted to flee the pocket. And that's where, that's where Vic Beasley really, really shines. So I'm hoping that, that Jackson gets out of the pocket. And Vic Beasley has to have a big game. Okay, we have to have a big game. He has to be pressuring him, be all over him. Okay, you got to step up and really lead the team here. Force, the, force them to hand the ball off to Gus Edwards. They're banged up in the backfield. Let's force them to hand the ball off to, to Gus Edwards. They have four guys in the backfield who they're trying to use, right? We got to force them um, to make their identity about a run game that has no identity. So the identity of the team has been Lamar Jackson. Hopefully Vic Beasley, like I keep saying, can get outside. We can force him outside the pocket and we can just play ball. So if we can do that, I think we can force some turnovers, like Mikey was saying, with Lamar Jackson's inaccuracy. Um, he has been more accurate as of late. Um, but I think if we can really, our defensive end, step up, get some pressure, um, and with Deion Jones back, I think, I think we do have a shot. I'm not giving up, but um, the Baltimore Ravens defense is a lot better than the New Orleans Saints in, defense. In two games, Lamar Jackson has ran the ball 37 times. He is averaging around five and a half yards per carry, which is good for a quarterback. It's better and than Tevin Coleman. <laughs> rushed last week. Um, he had 11 rushing attempts last week for 71 yards, and he had 26 rushing attempts against the Cincinnati Bengals for 119 yards. This dude is for real about running the football. Our team, I think that's a better option against our team if a team if a guy can throw the ball i think that's been where we've been most disadvantaged is in the passing game i think for us if a guy's going to run the football we can control it better the thing is, is is keeping him limited from making the big breakaways um, keep him limited from those big plays those big moments because he's going to have them. He's going to have some, some pickups. He's going to get the first down a few times. He's going to frustrate us. But we yeah. got to stay comfortable. We got to stay patient. We got to stay locked in. And you got to have – and here's the great news is teams that can get to the QB usually have a hard time with a running quarterback because what he'll do is he'll step up, hit the seam because you over-pursued. Teams like us that kind of get blocked and kind of get stuck on the line of scrimmage – Running quarterbacks can maybe have a little bit more difficult time because actually at the line of scrimmage, it's a little bit more yeah. muddled. It's we'll gonna see be... how accurate he is too. If he, can, if he can put the ball on a line on a pinpoint to his receivers like a John Brown, I think he could have all, all day with us because obviously we love to give five-yard, four-yard cushions. It's going to be – it's going to be – can Lamar Jackson beat us with his arm this week? That's what I think it's, we're going to challenge him. Well, that's to do. what we have to challenge him. To do. So, it, as a team that because has to we're be definitely able to beatable by the air as a football team, and they and they know that, and they'll know that, and they'll and they'll come out and they'll probably try, have some things. Yeah, John Brown is a he's been slow as of late, but when it comes to deep threat, there was there was a few times, I think three weeks ago at that point, three weeks ago he was leading the league in downfield yardage. So. Um, we got to be careful. We like to give up big chunks of change. So I think, I think there's a potential. Expect John Brown maybe to go, to go deep for one um, unless KZ gets an interception on a deep ball. Hey, but, he, he's known for them. So you got the Ravens this week. This game really is – all the games from here on out is for pride for the Falcons. What you should be looking for is you should be looking to see 
development and players. We should be looking for better decision-making by our coaching staff. We should be looking for improvement of the team all around. We should see kind of what we can get with what we have and see if these guys will continue to play hard and stick together because likelihood is is they're going to keep losing football games. And and honestly, you're looking maybe at a – I think personally you're looking at six and ten season or a seven I don't know if this can be a winning season, and, and I know they, they might try for that, and, and, and that should be a goal of theirs, is to try to finish 9-7. and seven. I think yeah. that's a great goal, finish I mean, off the year with five straight wins. But The, the good news is the Packers coming up after, after this week, they seem to be imploding. Cardinals, I don't even know. They just, they're just bad. Um, the Panthers have not been great as of late. They've dropped a lot of games lately. Um, and then we got Buccaneers. So there's a lot of like, like I said, there are a lot of winnable games coming up, and it would have been nice if we had even stolen one. Even if we had stolen a game, you know, even if let's say we beat the Browns heading in five, well, we five and six. I mean, that's a team that we were beat the Cowboys. You know, these are teams. Gosh, I mean, I keep looking back at the schedule. There's so many games. Let's say we beat this. Let's say we beat the Saints or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's a different season. Five and six is a lot different than four and seven. Um, we're not out of it, technically. So the fact that the Panthers lost this past week, um, the NFC is kind of – there's two heavy hitters um, in the Saints and in the Rams. But everywhere else, it seems to be pretty fair game. So um, we're not out of it, but – We are. We're out of it. <laughs> if you watch us play football – The team uh, is, is – the offense – It's not really – It's just bad, so – so, Mikey, what's your game prediction heading well, into, into Baltimore? I think you got to look at it in one way. This is, I'll say, as I'm just, it's too hard to always pick against us, but I do want to, I, I would like for us to win. I would like to see us win a game. I think it has to be, I think I'm thinking 35 uh, to, you know, I don't know. Maybe not 35 for us, maybe like a 31, 34, 34-31 football game. Us at, at the last second kicking it. With Matt Bryant. Now, if we lose the football game, I think our offense will score seventeen points, and they yeah. will score like thirty-eight points. It depends. It, it's <laughs> Mikey's hitting on it. It depends on which Falcons team we get. So if we get a Falcons team where Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones are breaking big, 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 making big plays, breaking, breaking some tackles, um, we definitely have a shot. They got to do that. Matt Ryan has to be perfect. He can't throw any interceptions. I really think Matt Ryan this week um, is going to have to throw his mind out and he better be watching film because these Raven this Ravens football team is good um so I think I think it's going to be something um I think it's going to be 27-24 I think we're going to get the win um that's my hope um hoping seeing what we have potential to do I think that's what we can do yeah we'll see all right guys thanks for listening to us and (laughs) bearing through this season with us you can tweet at us on The Grits Blitz. You can message us on our webpage, uh, thegritsblitz.wordpress.com. We love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will try to keep giving you guys content each and every week. So right, thanks for your time. See you guys.